0: hope you enjoy this week's talk from the evening service. Thank you for joining us today. Grace and peace to you.
1: Tonight's reading is from Mark chapter 6 verses 30 to 44. The apostles gathered round Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, You give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? He asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said five and two fish. Then Jesus told them to make all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was five thousand. This is the word of the Lord.
2: Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we pray this evening that your word to us would be our guide, that your Holy Spirit living in us would be our teacher, and that your glory would be our supreme concern. We pray for Jesus' name. Amen. All of us are people who long for good leadership. All of us in our different ways are are searching around for people who are worth following. But we'll know very well that that good leadership can often feel hard to come by. Maybe you you wish you had a better boss, one who you could look up to rather than fear. Or maybe you wish that your parents had, had, had guided you better as you were growing up, but for whatever reason they were largely absent. Maybe on a national level, uh, some of us have struggled with the leadership that we've had in recent times. And added to all of that, we've just lost the wonderful uh, leadership of the Queen, that steady leadership. We've been thinking this evening already about some of the problems that we're facing as a nation, and we're, we're looking for leadership. And while we all long for that, it can be hard to find So our question for this evening is, where can we go to find the leadership that we need and leadership that we crave? Well, the answer comes to us in that passage that Xanthi just read for us. You see, the people in Jesus' day, they were searching for good leadership like us. In fact, the Jewish people had been waiting for their leader to come uh, for hundreds of years, for the promised Messiah. And one of the ways that the Messiah is described in the Old Testament Is as a shepherd. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 34. In that chapter, God promises to send a shepherd in the line of David who would be the leader that the people need. I will place over them, God says, one shepherd and he will tend them. He will tend them and be their shepherd. And that promise, it comes in the context of really bad leadership in Ezekiel's day. In that same chapter, God condemns the leaders of the day. He says, The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel, prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Woe to you, shepherds of Israel, who only take care of yourselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? So that idea of of bad shepherds, that would have been very familiar to the people in Jesus' day. People who knew their Old Testaments inside out. And that all helps us to make sense of how the crowds in this story would have been feeling. Because just before this, we've had the account of Herod. And he he looms large as we come into this chapter. Herod, the ruler of Galilee, beheading beheading John the Baptist. Hard to imagine a a worse shepherd of God's people than that. A man who cared more about his own reputation, protecting his own interests, than preserving the, the life of a godly man like John the Baptist. And so that passage left us longing for good leadership. And what we're going to see this evening is that Mark is is presenting Jesus as the leader that the people needed, the leader that we need. In this passage, Jesus comes along and he shows himself, he reveals himself to be the good shepherd, the long-promised good shepherd, the one that we are all longing for. So as we move through this passage, we're going to see four wonderful ways that Jesus is the shepherd leader we need. Here's the, here's the first. Jesus is the shepherd leader who offers us true rest. True rest. Look with me at how the passage begins. The apostles gathered around Jesus. They reported to him all that they had done and taught. Then because so many people were coming and going that they didn't even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. You can picture the scene, Jesus and his disciples, they're exhausted. Jesus, just before this passage, just before the passage last week, he sent his disciples out on mission. He said, go out around the villages of Galilee with a mission to proclaim the forgiveness of sins in Jesus' name, to cast out impure spirits, to heal the sick. And they've probably been on that mission for a few weeks. So they're shattered and they're starving. Mark says, so many people were coming and going, they didn't even have a chance to eat. Now, Jesus loves his disciples. He cares for them. So he tells them, Come with me for a needed rest. Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. You know, Jesus never intends us as his followers to to be run ragged in our service of him. He knows we need time in his presence to be refreshed, renewed. But notice that what the disciples needed, it's not just physical rest and a good meal, he does want to give them those things but the kind of rest he's talking about is more than that. It's spiritual rest, rest for their souls. That's why he says, come with me by yourselves. He knows that what they most need uh, is time with him, time in his presence. And there seems to be a word in that for us as a church family at the moment. A number of conversations that have been happening over the last, since the start of term, just about how busy we are as a church family. About, and uh, we've, we've been asking ourselves the question, are there times when that's not spiritually healthy? And we, let me say right at the start here that it, it is right that we should work hard for the Lord. Romans chapter 12 says this, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. So we're not saying it, it's, it's a bad thing to work hard for the Lord, Actually, it might be that for some of us, that's the challenge we need this evening to to get more involved in the Lord's work. Others of us may well be busy, but in a very healthy way. But maybe for some of us, this invitation to true rest um, is just what we need to hear this evening. And, And a good question to ask ourselves, to work out, is my busyness healthy or unhealthy, is a question like this. Do I feel too busy to spend time with Jesus? Do I feel too busy to spend time with Jesus? If I'm honest, the answer to that in my own life in recent weeks has been yes at times. There are days when I I realize I've cut down on time that I've spent with God because I feel I need to get on with the day. That's a problem. And if it's one that I've had, my guess is that it's, it's not a problem unique to me. So very practically for us, it might mean that there are things in our days that we that need to give, in order for us to have time each day coming away with Jesus, enjoying his presence. And if that's not a habit in your life already, can I say to you, that is a brilliant thing to start, having time each day, whenever you do it, but just a time set aside to spend reading God's word, enjoying the, uh, being able to talk to him in prayer, bringing all your needs and concerns to him, asking him for things, asking him to grow you and change you. Doing that each day is a wonderful habit. Uh, And if that's not something that's familiar to you, I'd love to talk to you about how you can start that habit uh, later on. So Jesus, the good shepherd, the shepherd leader who offers true rest. That's the first thing from this passage. Here's the second. Jesus is the shepherd leader who has compassion on his people that short holiday that Jesus had intended for the disciples. Sadly, it doesn't happen. Uh, They get off the boat at their holiday spot, and immediately they're confronted by these crowds that have arrived ahead of them. Now, Jesus knew his disciples were still exhausted. He was as well. He knew that they still needed that rest. He'd give that to them. Uh, But he could have therefore easily said to the crowds in this moment, would you just leave us alone for a bit? We're on holiday. Can't you see that? That seems to be exactly what the disciples would have done. Uh, When we come to their frustration in verse 37, that's what they wanted, just a break. And yet Jesus doesn't do that. Why not? Well, he puts compassion for the lost ahead of his own comfort and rights. Mark says, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them. Because they were like sheep without a shepherd. People like sheep without a shepherd. It's a vivid picture. When, when sheep are left on their own, what tends to happen is that they quickly get into trouble. They, they wander off. They wander to cliff edges or, or stray into roads. Others fall over and can't get back up again. It's a picture of being helpless and needing rescue. And Mark's saying here that, that the crowds of people that, who were coming to see Jesus, they were like sheep without a shepherd. In fact, that's how the Bible describes all of us. The prophet Isaiah says, we all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. Jesus is the wise creator of the universe. He knows the right paths for us to walk, but all of us naturally turn away from him. We put ourselves firmly on the throne of our lives. The problem is that that means we end up a bit like sheep, we, we wander off, away from God's good purposes. We become helpless in need of rescue. So praise God, Jesus is a shepherd who has compassion on the lost. When Jesus saw the crowd, he had compassion on them. Because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Literally that's saying that, that Jesus was was moved in his inner being. He looked at the people and he felt a deep Inner compassion for them. That's how deep his compassion was for the people. He saw they were lost, they needed his help. And Jesus' compassion for the people took him to the cross, where he faced the punishment we deserve for putting ourselves on the throne of our lives instead of God. And that means that, that any of us, all of us who trust in him, can be forgiven. So this evening, have you done that? Have you realized that you were lost, that you need Jesus' forgiveness? If you haven't, can I say to you, he is ready and willing and waiting to give you that forgiveness. All you need today to do is to say sorry to him for living your own way, to trust in him. But for, for those of us, for most of us who are already following Jesus, there's a wonderful reminder for us in these words that this is still Jesus' heart towards us. Jesus' heart is still full of compassion towards us. And, and I need this word. I wonder if anyone's a bit like me. I, I just get so discouraged sometimes by the ways that I'm still not more like Jesus. And I I can assume that he would be fed up with me. Sometimes I, I picture that that he if he's looking at me, that the look on his face would be one of frustration, disappointment. But actually, the wonder of wonders is that when Jesus looks at me, his heart is still full of compassion for me. You see, Jesus is not a leader who gives up on us when we fail. His heart is always full of love and compassion for us. He's the shepherd leader that you and I need. If you are like me, if you're tempted to to sometimes think that God's love for you changes depending on how well or badly you feel you're doing, um, I'd love to recommend a book to us. It's been a huge blessing to me. It's called Gentle and Lowly, Christ's Heart for Sinners and Sufferers. This one is first come, first served off the service for this copy, uh, but I really recommend buying one. And I just want to bring a small quote from it, which just drives home this point that, that Jesus' heart is still full of compassion for us. The author writes, Jesus' heart was gentle and lowly towards us when we were lost. Will his heart be anything different towards us now that we're found? He loved us in our mess then. He'll love us in our mess now. So when you sin, do a thorough job of repenting. Re-hate sin all over again. Consecrate yourself afresh to the Holy Spirit. But reject the devil's whisper that God's tender heart for you has grown a little colder or a little stiffer. No, Jesus is not flustered by your sinfulness. Jesus, the shepherd leader who offers true rest, the shepherd leader who has compassion for his people, and third, the shepherd leader who uses weak people to do his work. The disciples at this point, they, they're seeing a looming crisis. The people have been captivated by Jesus' teaching. They are being hanging on every word of this shepherd leader that they were longing for. But soon the people are going to be hungry. And they're in a solitary place. So the disciples come to Jesus. Verse 35. By this time it was late in the day. So his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said. And it's already very late. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. It seems that people could easily have gone. If Jesus had just sent them away, they could have gone to to a nearby village. They could have got themselves some dinner. But Jesus is doing more than that in this passage. He wants to show us something. So verse 37, he says, you give them to something to eat. They said to him, that would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have, he asked. Go and see. When they found out they said five and two fish, then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and two fish and looking up to heaven. He gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples. He also divided the two fish among them all. Now we've been seeing Jesus in his absolute power of all things in in Mark's gospel so far. Here's Jesus. He could easily have done this miracle without the disciples. If he can feed 5,000 and and probably more, I'm guessing there were women and children there, if he could feed that many people with just five loaves and two fish, he could certainly have performed the miracle without the disciples. Do you notice that at every point he involves them? He calls the disciples to go and to find out how much food they've got. He tells the disciples to to make the people sit down in groups on the green grass. By the way, that's a lovely little detail. Did you notice that? Uh, Elliot quoted already from Psalm 23, where we're told that the shepherd leads David to green pastures, and here we've got the people sitting down in the green grass. So Jesus gets the the disciples to seat the people. He uses them to distribute the food. And what that's doing is that's helping us to see that that Jesus is the kind of leader who uses weak people like us, to do his work. He could easily have performed this miracle without them, but he chooses to use them. He could easily extend his kingdom without us, but he chooses to use us. And that that should actually be a wonderful encouragement to us. Because maybe you feel that you, you don't have much to give to the growth of Jesus' kingdom. Maybe you're a person who feels like you you lack the confidence or the resources to play a part, but that's not true. No matter how weak we might seem, Jesus can do more in us and through us than we could possibly imagine. So if you doubt the part that you could play in God's kingdom, can I encourage you to pray? Pray that God would give you a compassionate heart for the lost, a compassionate heart like Jesus. Pray for that kind of heart. Pray for opportunities to share the gospel. And then just see what God does. He can do far more in you and through you than you might think. Jesus, our shepherd leader, uses weak people like us to do his work. And here's the final thing this passage teaches us Jesus is a shepherd leader who brings eternal satisfaction. Verse 42, they all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. This whole passage has been full of wonderful echoes of the Old Testament. Mark's been showing Jesus as the long-awaited shepherd, the shepherd of Psalm 23 of Ezekiel 34. But we also get here some reminders of the Exodus, that great moment when God brought his people out of slavery into freedom. Three times in this chapter, Mark says that the action is taking place in a, in a solitary place or a wilderness. And that repetition is meant to, make, to remind us of, of God's people in the wilderness, coming out of Egypt. And in the wilderness, they grumbled against God because they didn't have the food that they wanted. But despite their lack of trust in God, he provided for them. He gave them manna, a kind of special bread from heaven, and it fed them all throughout their 40 years in the wilderness. And all of that is helping us to make sense of what we hear in verse 42. They all ate and were satisfied. Jesus wants us to hear from these words, from this miracle, that, that he himself can satisfy our deepest longings. And we know that because Jesus himself says that in John chapter 6, just after John's account of this miracle. Jesus talking to the crowds after the miracle, and he says, very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you bread from heaven, but it's my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. See, in performing this miracle, what Jesus is doing is he's giving us a symbol of how he can meet our deepest spiritual needs. Because we are people with desperately needy souls. And Jesus, the good shepherd, comes and meets us in that need. He comes offering forgiveness for our sins, eternal life. And Jesus, he's the bread of life. He's the only leader that we could ever have who who brings us to eternal satisfaction. Satisfaction that comes from from knowing and enjoying him as our God. We can enjoy him right now, right throughout our Christian lives, as we keep on dwelling on the the depths of his love for us, as we keep on enjoying having a relationship with him. And we can trust this good shepherd to, to lead us on into eternal blessings, eternal satisfaction with him. As we come towards a close, here is how Revelation chapter 7 beautifully pictures that eternal satisfaction. Hear this promise from God. The lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. What a beautiful picture of our good shepherd the one who we will worship now, but who will be worshiping in all eternity. Here in the Lord Jesus, we find the kind of leadership we long for, the kind of leadership we need. A shepherd leader who offers us rest. A shepherd leader who has compassion on his people. A shepherd leader who uses weak people like us to do his work. And a shepherd leader who offers eternal satisfaction. I'm going to invite the band back up to lead us. And as they come up, I'm going to lead us in prayer. Gracious God, we just praise you so much for this this wonderful picture that we have of your son. As we think of all the places in life where we feel this lack of leadership, Father, Maybe if any of us have felt that lack of leadership in our homes. Father, will we we know the blessing of of Jesus, the good shepherd leading and guiding us? If we we look out and we feel that lack all around us, if if we just wish that others would lead us better. Father, remind us we have a good shepherd. And Father, I pray, want to pray particularly into, into this word that you seem to be saying to us as a church family at the moment, that you would, you would remind us each day that, that your son, the good shepherd, offers us true rest. Even as we want to work hard in your service, we pray you would, you would help us each day to meet with you, to enjoy the rest for our souls that you promised to us. And we pray you would do that now as well. You, we pray you would refresh and renew our souls as we continue to worship you this evening. We pray in your Son's name. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to the Emmanuel Croydon Podcast. For more information about our church and everything we have going on, visit our website, emmanuelcroydon.org.uk.